Hey guys, what's going on? It's Jeff. A quick note before the show begins. The audio from these podcasts mostly come from live video YouTube streams on my channel. They may vary in quality from show to show and reference visual content not described to you, the listener. I'm sorry about that. If you prefer video to go with this audio, head over to youtube.com backslash from us, F-R-U-M-E-S-S for the whole enchilada. Who doesn't like a whole enchilada anyway? You know, <laughs> I was going to do a whole thing and I messed it up. God damn it. Forget it. Forget it. I was going to, I was going to, I was going to sing a whole thing about, you know, the white rabbit. And I didn't, <laughs> I like blanked for a second. I was going to be like, remember what the dormouse said. <laughs> I think it was a really great song, by the way, to use for, I loved that, that music for the trailer, it's good, which it's a very good trailer. I'll say great that trailer. It's yeah. a great trailer. I wonder if that song holds as much resonance younger viewers. I don't know, but I got to tell you, I finished watching Matrix Revolutions and I saw that the trailer was there and I like I generally avoid trailers like the plague. And I was like, fuck it. I'm going to watch this trailer. I have to just take a peek, see peek. And I did. And I loved that. I love the way they set that all up. That that was yeah. cool. That's um, a good trailer. Should now, we... I'm not, I watch trailers, but I'm not the biggest fan of trailers, but I'll watch them. But yeah, that that's definitely a good one. Do we briefly want to touch on let's start with the our well we, we we could literally probably sit here and discuss the original matrix series top to bottom till we're blue in the face to avoid to avoid that let's let's start the conversation here this is let's start the conversation here how did the matrix two and three um make you feel about the trilogy as a whole the story as a whole and do they does the matrix trilogy sort of like stand on its own with revolutions being the conclusion that sort of thing you mean with you mean revolutions you mean resurrections i meant revolutions revolutions the names are so like even for this i I mistakenly put revolutions instead of resolutions right Re- um, resurrections oh here's jeremy hi right. jer spicy hi hey, this is hey, spicy hey, oh man I'm this all, is bob i'm all zoomed, I'm all zoomed yeah, in yeah hold on i'm trying to find a good uh a good orientation mixture here. yeah good orientation so oh yeah he's really zoomed in hey, guys. Ah, will, yeah. <laughs> hey you're being a little bit of a close talker there pal yeah i know yeah all right so jeremy the we're, we're jumping right into this thing mm-hmm. to, just to just to sort of just to sort of um pose the question that i just posed to bob are, we're we're starting out. We're gonna try and keep this as structured as possible. We're starting out talking about does how does Matrix two and three um, sort of work as a trilogy? Like how does the Matrix stand as a trilogy with just two and three and revolutions okay. being the uh, the final? Can I, can I answer what you kind you kind of also added a second thing was what was my relationship with it? Did I say that? Yeah, you said that in the original when you were originally asking it. Right okay, before go ahead. Jeremy yeah. hopped on. I was go gonna ahead. say really quick, like I hated the Matrix sequels, just like most people when they first came out. Um okay. I'm also 39 right now. So you can, you know, you can do the math and figure out the age I was when they came out. Um, I hated them just like everybody else. I hated them for about I would say another 10, 15 years, maybe even. 
Yeah. But now in my old age, I've revisited them and I kind of understand them more than when I was a teenager. And they mean more to me now and I appreciate them more properly, even though I still think they're a mess. I understand that they were trying to deliver these like weird philosophical movies. Hello? Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Philosophical movies with over-the-top action that they almost barely could achieve with the current technology. They were swinging <laughs> right. from fences. Yes, they and were. I think that the stuff and the themes that they were trying to give us wasn't for the audience that was going to see it right. at the time. All of us needed to grow up like another 10 to 15 years to appreciate what they were trying to do. But most right. people just remember how much they hated them and they have never changed that opinion. You know, I'm a rewatcher, so I gave it I gave it a few more chances, but I know a lot of people haven't, and that's okay. And that's my thought on it, is that people have not revisited them and given them a second thought. That's I think that's a good point. Um, I think that yeah, like rewatching them was something because of the reasons that you mentioned is, is not something I was really looking forward to doing. I remember being incredibly disappointed with the second one. And in fact, like you said, you know, like part of it, part of being able to appreciate it more now comes from being a bit mature. Like uh, I'll just say, for example, like the, the architect scene in the second one, like I, I didn't know what the word anomaly meant when I saw that movie. And I was like, I remember just watching it and being like, he's just throwing all these big words at us to try and blow our mind. And it doesn't even make sense. And I was just like, that's not to say it wasn't still a bit hard to follow that scene because he is throwing a lot of dense stuff at you real quick. But um, I definitely appreciated them more now than I had upon the first watch. I mean, that scene is like a, a like a punch in the face, even if you understand what's happening. There's a lot to digest. There, there is a lot to digest. And I think that the biggest contrast is that the original Matrix, which is an outlier among, I mean, it stands alone as just being the best and the masterpiece and blah, blah, blah. And we all agree mm -hmm. unanimously about that. But that, yes, when you get to that architect scene, in general, the conversations with the Frenchman and all this stuff, all this and that, is that the 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 uh, the symbolism the what am I, what's the word I'm trying to use not um, uh, Greek uh, blah, 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 the uh, the philosophy sorry the philosophy okay, I thought you were looking <laughs> for something else <laughs> <laughs> no I was thinking like uh, Greek philosophy no just philosophy the philosophy like the original Matrix it's in and of itself is basically it's a, the cave theory yeah it's the it's the it's allegory cave of the cave it's the it's allegory literally of the philosophy cave. 101 if you want right. if, you, if you take philosophy 101 in college which i was at the right. time it is like word for word almost and and time. so that's like and that's great and the way they, they weave in the philosophy in a way it's very balanced it's very balanced in the story that they're telling it's almost like they are putting story first and they're sort of putting the philosophy second so like the philosophy is like a backbone or a support structure but the story really does come first and they have a really great story i think the matrix becomes a hit and then all of a sudden and i you know i was always kind of like just shrugged my shoulders back then when i saw them in the theaters and every time i've watched i've probably revisited it uh once and then most recently i literally a decade and a half later revisited again but i was just kind of like i was yeah i was let down disappointed but i was just kind of like eh, whatever you know that kind of thing 
Um, but the thing that what happens is with the sequels, and, and this is just me and you guys will go around and you could each each elaborate. Um, what happens with, with those, those sequels is that they go, OK, we got a hit. The Wachowskis, they're like, whoa, we have this hit studios like we have this hit. Now, um, what comes next? And I don't I truly don't think any of them had any idea. Like, I think maybe they had like an inkling. I think they were just like, oh, my God, like we have this this IP that's going to make us millions and millions of dollars. Whatever we put out next, everybody's going to go see Matrix, the Matrix sequel. Like we we got it made. And I'm not using I'm not saying that that's the reason why they weren't as good. I'm just saying that I think that really they they then messed with the formula that made the first one work so well in in and of itself, talking about the architect and stuff and the key master. All of a sudden, it became more about the philosophy. All of a sudden, it became like the plot took a backseat the to these very convoluted conversations. Like every time we get to a new place, oh, now we have to have a conversation about will and destiny and predetermination and, you know, as Jeremy was saying, anomalies uh, and, and, and this, that, and the other. Doesn't and that then, make it feel subversive sometimes, though? Like the fact that they did that in blockbuster movies is insane to me now that I look it's, at it. It's... Like, it's like you know what it is it's like uh it's almost like it's like you're getting like uh it's like it's like the the uh putting the medicine in some candy uh to make it go down better it's like we're gonna give you this we're gonna wrap this philosophy in this thing and then in the third one everything turns into this sort of christ-like martyr martyr-esque allegory and that really turned audiences off a lot of people were not were sort of got annoyed that that neo essentially becomes this uh uh you know this martyr this martyr like figure in the end and you know it just sort of you know the characters don't really change that's the other thing too in the first movie all the characters kind of change or they kind of have to get to a place that they're going they don't really change in two and three nobody changes neo kind of stays the same the whole time he doesn't really nothing happens to him he just, he just kind of learns what choices in the end that's like but he doesn't change who he is right I think i took the wrong pill right and shout out to walter white down in new zealand uh ha- uh happy holidays to you thank you for joining us these are women now i can't hear what he said but i was gonna say um with the sequels too i think yeah uh, i like every I, this is gonna come out of nowhere but i like every jurassic park movie there's only one good jurassic park movie i enjoy watching all of them now yeah. the re- what is the one thing that they all betrayed on the first movie is people keep going back to the island um with the matrix right the, the sequels portrayed one very fundamental concept i think back then that none of us could wrap our head around was the fact that there's no spoon we saw neo in the last frame fly up into the camera like superman and then the sequels were like eh well there's kind of a spoon <laughs> he's kind of not a god there's kind of a bunch of other problems like the ending of the first movie pretty much we don't ever need to know what happens after that moment right he flies mm-hmm. up he is god in the matrix you could literally no end spoon. we don't need to we don't, we need, don't need anything sequels. else it's a we perfect really it's a perfect ending and yeah. then it just portrays that twice by saying yeah. oh no there's still there's still a spoon and neo can't really do everything like the fact that he still has to fight agents and stuff and reloaded like even fight them like why can't he just erase yeah. them with his hand it's well, weird that, yeah. right that was the thing yeah. is that when they when they had him fly away and then decide to, you know, reopen it and, and make more movies, it's like suddenly the stakes were drastically lowered. You know yeah. what I mean? He's he's got this ability and he's he's so powerful. And then it's like all right, it doesn't matter how many versions of Agent Smith you throw at him. I I didn't you know, I didn't feel like there was any 
major threat going on because I knew how, you know, that's the type of thing that happens when you give someone so much power like that. Um, the, the stakes seem a lot lower, you know? And, and I found yeah. that the, the first one, there was so much mystery around it too. You know, like, I don't know what the matrix is. I don't know what's going on. I don't know who these people are who are after him, you know? And, um, it kept me on the edge of my seat. You know, there was this suspense and, and, uh, you know, none of the action I found in, in the second one really had as much, it didn't feel as impactful. I didn't seem to care as much about these scenes that, you know, on paper are like exciting because there's car chases and guns and stuff. But, um, I didn't, I didn't like care as much as I did in the first one, you know, they're, they're almost like I said. There's almost like the, the Wachowskis are are subversive, no matter what they do. I mean, The Matrix is itself a subversive blockbuster movie. The first mm-hmm. one, and the sequels, they feel sort of like, in a way, they're almost, I don't know, making fun of the, even back then. Before we get even into Resurrections, which is a whole other thing, they they feel like they're kind of making fun of the fact that the sequels shouldn't exist. You know what I mean? There's highly stylized action sequences that they're kind of like, hey, they gave us money to do this, mm-hmm. but they also are good filmmakers they're good they know that there's yeah but there but i mean it there's, there's an intention there behind it that i see now when i watch it where they're like here watch this it kind of doesn't matter though yeah <laughs> you know no you know but you want to know something they they um yes but and and coupled with the fact that they're just kind of like and then all of a sudden we have this city of zion comes into the into play and it's just sort of like you know, we got we got all these different things going on. Now we're invested in this story of this general and the boy, which is my personal favorite part of Matrix Revolutions. By the way, I love that that's, story that's between the general and the boy. That's kind of not my favorite part, Jeff. I, I love I love the I love that I love, that I love like half of Revolutions, then the other half I I do tune out. Yeah, I, I but but ultimately the films don't feel like they they really don't feel like they're building to anywhere or going anywhere or they don't feel like they're building towards any solution. I, I feel like it feels like the Matrix feels like a train uh, going 88 miles per hour on some train track. And there's a bridge that's <laughs> gone out over a, a ravine and the tr- the the they're, they're going to run off the they're going to run off the bridge before. The rest of the train tracks have been built. Like there's just nothing there. They're just, it's like they're putting track down in front of the train as yeah. fast as it's going. And they just don't, they don't, they don't have any sort of like inclination in sight. So when it ends and it's like, oh, that's it. Mayo, uh, Neo, okay. Uh, Neo is negotiating it out, like a terms with the machines. Yeah. He has to like negotiate terms yeah. with the machines and, and he has to, he's blind now and he's got to like, uh, and by the and way, you can still see. Well, they do introduce a really interesting element that they introduce like 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 Smith does get what he wants. Yeah, yeah. Ultimately, and then he squanders it. He gets what he wants. He wants to escape. And the way he does it is by downloading himself into the guy Bane. But then they just squander it. They don't do yeah. anything with it. Make him the leader, make him like this this popular factioned you know, leader of Zion saying wanting something completely different than say what everybody else wants, like bring him out as an antagonist in the real world. Since you were so brash to have him download himself into a person. I thought that was so cool. It's it's a real, uh, it's a real Hobbit situation, right? Like it seems like the two sequels were made 
on the go while they were doing it because they had to follow up a hit like the Hobbit had like Peter Jackson kind of had to right. do it just legally. He had to finish the Hobbit. You know, it just didn't, it doesn't feel like there were full ideas finished and everything. Well, they say that in matrix four, he says, yeah. if you don't do it, someone else is going to do it. Else so, it. Um, you know, that's, there you but go. I wanted to, I wanted to point out one thing though, about that, which I think could be a good transition thing. Yeah, go ahead. Want. Push it in. What don't the sequels fault on, which I think is very, very um, pertinent to resurrections because the sequels never, uh, led up on the filmmaking, the craft, the actual, like, I'm talking actual yeah. production, the style, the craft, the ingenious ways to film things, the action sequences. They're all yeah. pretty revolutionary. Yeah. The, the the photography, if anything, you can say that stylistically, the three movies do fit together. Like, yeah. use, even down to the music choices, the tone, everything does work in that respect we're not talking writing i'm just talking yeah like tonally visually uh musically they all work together and I, you know what i mean and i think yeah. that's where resurrections i think a lot of people are starting to there that's where some people are very disappointed i think with resurrections right like that's i at least i've seen that it, uh, yes there's definitely uh there there is most certainly a there's a tonal shift. Well, what it really feels like. Let's just jump in. Let's let's yeah, yeah. let's jump right into. I was that. trying to make that. Yeah, no, that's good. So it feels like the main, and you could you could chalk this up to a storytelling. The only thing I would say, and I don't want you to respond to this because then it's just going to ping pong back and forth. But I'm just going to say this. Um, it's kind of like I'm trying to get the last word in and then jump out of the conversation so we can move on for the sake of moving on. The only thing I would say is, um, that story does. That that yes, that I will give that to you as a, a, a boon, but ultimately the story is what's most important. And the story well, is I wasn't, what matters. Yeah, I'm not disagreeing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I'm sure you wouldn't, being a guy who who does a screenwriting podcast in and of itself. It's like we want we we ha we go into the movie with the automatic expectations that the that the style and tone are hopefully like the films that come before it doesn't always land, and people do complain about it, but that I don't know how much, how many points or how much credit we can give to them on those merits alone. Jumping out of that conversation. Well, and into, are, you, <laughs> no. are, are, are we talking about, we're talking about resurrections, right? Like we're talking about how we're going to, yeah. We're, yeah. we're going to go, we're launching into the resurrections right now. And I'm starting by saying that the matrix feels very small in resurrections, like the actual world feels a lot smaller and that could be due to a budget thing you could chalk that up to story like this new analyst guy spoilers if you haven't seen it we put it up in the title there's good that we're going to spoil the shit out of this uh the analyst guy made his matrix a lot smaller because he figured out a way to make people happy happier and therefore the matrix doesn't need to be as big as maybe it is or something i don't know um but the the city the the sets everything feels much smaller so i so. I kind of, as far as having a stylistic change, I, I think I was maybe hoping for something, maybe a bigger change. Um, because, you know, like I said, I was not crazy about the second and third films. And initially when I heard they were making a new one, I didn't really have any interest in it because I was like, it's going to be more, more of the same. And so, you know, when I saw the trailer for the first time and, and there's this kind of, um, like amnesia thing going on and they're playing white rabbit. I was like, you know, maybe this will be a big tonal shift and they'll actually get it right. You know? Mm -hmm. um, 
and then you know i so i i I'm, i was okay with that you know i, I was okay Me too. there being yeah, uh, yeah i was fine with that you know i guess my question is for what you for, for jeremy is what does get it right mean in this situation i don't actually have an answer but like mm-hmm. there's the first movie which we all we all pretty much respect right and then the yeah. sequels were like a mess I don't know what right would be anymore for sequels going forward. You know what I mean? Like I like a fourth matrix. I'm not like, yeah, they're doing it right this time. I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't know what right would be. I'll, I'll tell you, I have an answer. I have okay. an answer. Okay, tell please. me if you agree with this. Tell me if you agree with this, Jeremy. Yeah. From watching that trailer, because I'm kind of, cause I had heard a little bit of hype on the internet about the trailer, but I avoided it. And then after revisiting the matrix films and seeing it up on HBO max, the trailer, I, I, I just was too tempted. I said, all right, I'm going to check this out. And hearing the White Rabbit music and what the trailer, you know, a really good trailer is going to kind of give you the, the, the barest of setups and kind of like set you up for or set the precedent or the tone of what you're probably going to see. And, you know, obviously that's a whole conversation of itself of how they, you know, trick you or they don't trick you, yada, yada, yada. But going what my my um, what's it called? My what I thought was going to happen or what I took away from that trailer was, Oh my God, this is so cool. So he's kind of back in the matrix again, somehow. And he is going to try, he has to, I guess, break out. And then, and it kind of bummed me out because when I was going into it, I love the way that they kind of opened the movie. I love that without any, I mean, after the initial opening, which I found incredibly confusing the first time, and I actually had to read some reviews and then rewatch the film. And yeah, I told the you about this, time, Bob. I totally understand right. the opening. The makes, first time makes I was so like, much what sense. What was going on? Yeah. So confused. And then so confusing. once we launch into uh, Neo's, uh, Thomas Anderson's life as a video game designer, I'm like, this is the coolest fucking way to reset the whole thing. And I guess one of my biggest beefs, one of my biggest beefs, and this is just armchair fanboy or whatever, you know, audience member wishing, you know, at the, the movie does what the movie does and we just have to accept it. You know, that's that's why so many people get angry at movies when a movie doesn't go the way they want it to. I was like, I was thinking in my head, like, wow, how cool would it be if like just the first hour was him? And I guess it would work better if it was like a mini series or like a 10 episode season of him kind of like Wanda, like kind of WandaVision, but with Neo in the Matrix, slowly realizing that his life is there's something wrong, taking us through again in that requel kind of way, because the Matrix 4 is a bit of a requel, a little bit. It definitely does. Like we spend oodles amount of time being introduced to new crew members and i'm just like why are we doing this we did this in the first fucking matrix like i don't need to know that about the guy who's replacing tank and how his dad like redwood trees don't tell me about i don't need to meet the pot like i just don't care like i really don't care like like we that stuff should already be known because we did that in the first matrix we already know that stuff so it's like it's like in in we did get some of that requel stuff in that kind of way I really wanted to see a almost slow burn of him slowly realizing that he is in a fucking matrix and they sort of do it for a little bit. Like they just tease us. And then, uh, and so I guess that in turn to, to go back to the question of, did they do it to do it right? It's like, it's almost like resetting it from two and three, bringing us back into the matrix and then watching him slowly, unravel in the month the monotony of his life and then suddenly realize wait a minute i know who i really am and giving us these little hints these little 
points of like, oh my God, there's a Sentinel on his desk. Oh my God, there's Trinity. He's designed these games and that that whole thing, a, a stroke <laughs> of genius. Christina Ricci, stroke of genius. All that stuff, stroke of genius. So I don't know where Bob just went. He'll be back. Well, um, you know, to, to answer your question about what one thing, what, what I really think made, made the first film work is that they didn't try to like, all right. So the premise was right. like a far out premise, right? You know, what is the matrix and, and, yeah. you know, answering that question and coming to find out that it's this simulation to keep the wool over our eyes so that they can use us for energy. Right. That's a, that's a far out concept, but it's not particularly convoluted, you know? Um, and, you know, okay. So we have these agents who their job is to, you know, keep, not keep the peace, but, you know, keep things from, yeah, more or less to keep the peace for, for the um, machines. And then with the sequels, you start introducing, there's, there's all these other characters that aren't humans. There's some sort of program. There's the key master and there's the, um, the French guy, the American feeling like the real world. Real quick. It, yeah. Hear me, right. You guys yes. Hear me? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Okay. Making sure. And it's like, you know, suddenly there's, there's all this other stuff going on that, um, just seems kind of unnecessary and it, and it doesn't seem like true to life or, or at least true to the premise of this is a simulation to keep us enslaved and to keep us thinking it's real. Like who are, who are all these other players in it? You know, what, what is all this stuff? And, and, you know, like delving really deep into the philosophy of it and stuff. So I thought um, to me, getting it right would be sort of like a back to basics approach. You know what I mean? Like, finding what it is um, that made the original work, which for me was, you know, mystery, suspense, um, the cool sort of like cyberpunk uh, thing that was going on, but without getting too crazy with the whole all of Zion and stuff. Like, you know, just seeing the ship, knowing that these guys are the members of the ship and they're off doing their That was so cool about the Matrix. The ship captured your imagination about what the rest of the world was like. You didn't need to see Zion. I didn't know that they were like one ship of all these others and that, you know, a lot of the people in Zion don't even believe in like the one and the prophecy and stuff, you know? Um, and it has, it, it has a real Jedi tone to it from like Star Wars, you know, like mm-hmm, there are people yeah. in Star Wars that don't believe in the Jedi supremacy and what right. that all means and the force and everything. Right. Yeah. And, and so the other thing that really worked for me in the first movie was uh, as a fan of Kung Fu movies, uh, I just thought I, I bought it, you know, all the fights, like when he's in there fighting um, the fights were the best Morpheus. It, you know, initially, and he's like, if you want to hit me, hit me. Like, every one of those hits, every one of those punches had impact to me. You know what I mean? And they yeah. looked good, and they felt real. And it just, you know, I think the movies moving forward didn't have much of that. And, and that includes this they, most recent one. I actually really like the action in 2 and 3. I even like the silly stuff. But, <laughs> but acknowledging it's silly... I love right. like it the, is silly. I love like the anime Super Saiyan fight at the mm-hmm. end of Revolutions. I love that whole. It's raining. The music is insanely yeah. epic. Like it's ridiculous. Like the the, the face punch alone is the funniest thing that ever happened. The whole, <laughs> that thing. oh my god! Like like that is hilarious. It doesn't look good. None of it looks yeah. good. But it, it to me, I love it. But I was gonna say what to what add what you said. None of it feels real. Mm-hmm. None of it. 
like the it, fighting just, the so fighting is cgi it's so much cgi like rarely maybe some of the highway fight on top of the car might feel real but like most of the fighting is morpheus cartoons. when morpheus jumps up high above I the love truck it. It's yeah. so good. It's so it's fake. So Look, good. I don't care though. It's so silly. I no, love but it. that's what I mean. That's yeah. what's so. It's just so goofy. It's it it, just. But at the time, you didn't even blink an eye. You were like, "Oh yeah, 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 yeah." Oh, yeah, this right. is what we do. Yeah, yeah. But uh, what about okay? So oh, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah. Somebody go. I'm just gonna say it, it's not even. Go. It's not even so much the CGI that I didn't like, but like. You know, for for instance, the scene where he's out there in the I don't know, is it a basketball court? Right after he meets with the um, the uh, Oracle. This is in uh, um, the second one. Reloaded. Thank yeah. you. Um, and he's fighting all the different Smiths, and it's just like you know, this is like a classic flaw of fights when you have one person versus many people. And it's like, you know, you see the way the many are moving and it's like they're waiting for him to, you know what I mean? It's like, they don't look like they're all actually trying to attack him in effect in an effective manner. And so it's like, I'm watching it. I'm like, okay, this is like, this is nothing it new to me. It takes you out know? of it. It, it takes me out of I mean, it, you know? Okay. And I, I'm, I'm totally agreeing. And that's a fight that I would never have defended, but I'll defend mm -hmm. it like this. Like I said, the Wachowskis are kind of trolls, and I still believe there's a there's a, a vein of that through the, both those movies. Like when he throws one of the Agent Smiths into all the other Agent Smiths, there is a bowling alley. Yeah, there's a bowling, bowling ball, ball crash sound, sound yeah. effect. Mm -hmm. Like it's not it's t it, there is a tonal shift, it, and and they, and they know it. They wouldn't mm -hmm. do that kind of thing if it was they were taking it seriously. Like they kind of get it. They were almost like, we can't top what we did before, so we're just going to go Looney Tunes. So, like, mm -hmm. You know what I mean? With the, with the fighting, at least. Because yes. how do you top the first movie? You, you really kind of can't. You know what? You know? The problem, and the other thing, too, is, and this is, this is what I've noticed about the Matrix films, they're all sticky. Very, very sticky. I mean, they're so sticky that you could stick them on a wall, much like stickers. And if you need to get stickers, the best stickers that you can get, bar none, are Riot Stickers from RiotStickers.com, which happens to power this channel. That's right, guys. And we're running a special promotion here uh, on the channel. If you look at the little scrolly scroll below, right below Bob, it says a nice deal for your band. 50% off, which is $29.50. Thank you, Bob. Uh, $29.50 for 53-inch by 3-inch stickers. Normally $59 at RiotStickers.com. If you go into the description of this video, you will find the link and if you use promo code from us f-r-u-m-e-s-s -S, you're gonna get 50 percent off which is 29 dollars and 50 cents you can't beat it let's just play the video and get back to the conversation real quick
So anyway, Matrix Four. Can, can I can I unleash a scenario? <laughs> can I unleash a scenario on both of you? Sure. Because uh, I wrote I like wrote some notes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, Let's get and, to your notes. I, go like, ahead. So go ahead. Matrix Four is a meta movie. So I thought starting with this idea that at least I believe I think I was sort of talking to you uh, about it, Jeff. That would kind of paint a picture for both of you how I view this movie. Um, because there's a lot of talk on what is this movie for this franchise, you know? Right. Um, so I'm going to describe something, and then at the end, I, I'm going to ask you a question. Okay. Uh, there's a successful movie franchise. is a huge hit, right? Right. Years pass without a sequel. The studio has been begging the director or directors to come back, and they threaten they're going to do it without them because they own the IP, right? Right. If they say yes, if the director says yes, they can do literally whatever they want. And they do say yes. And they do do whatever they want. You said do do. I know I did. Sorry. Which includes doing what they want includes a meta narrative commenting on the original movie, the success of the original movie and the movie itself. Right. It's also this movie that they made is a complete change of tone and genre. Right. The filmmaker publicly admits that the reason they said yes to this was so that they could make sure that no future entries into the franchise would happen ever again that was their main goal right what movie and filmmaker am i talking about you're not talking about the matrix movies you're talking about another film franchise with movies and you're also talking about david lynch no as well who no david lynch same thing happened with with the twin peaks but I am. Okay. That, Who are you I'm talking not... about? Who are you talking okay, about? So, so a lot of people are saying, hey, this Resurrections, it's the last Jedi of the Matrix, or it's the new nightmare of the Matrix I ha- movie. I happen to think it's the last Jedi, but for positive Hold reasons. Hold on. Yeah. Last Jedi Go rules. Ahead. We're Go not ahead. talking about that, Jeff. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I think, I think no, no offense to Jeff. Jeff, you know, I love you and respect your opinion. Those both yeah, are hacked. Ahead. Hack comparisons. This is easily everything I just described. The Gremlins 2 of Matrix movies. Everything I just said down the line, 100,000% applies to both Gremlins 2, which is a masterpiece that I love dearly, and Matrix Revolutions. This is the Gremlins 2 of the Matrix movies. Lana Wachowski did not want What a hot take. Lana Wachowski has publicly said she never wanted there to be another Matrix movie. They said they were going to do it without her. She says, fine, I'll do it. So what does she do? She makes a meta movie in which she criticizes, number one, reboots and fandom, uh, comments on the original, and then swears in real life that there will never be sequels to this. And she also makes something that's so divisive, I don't think the public's going to be thirsting for more Matrix movies after this. She did it intentionally. It was an intentional act. Uh, So, yeah, that's my hot take, is that it's the Gremlins 2 of the Matrix movies. (laughs) Okay, I... I'm going to counter, but I'm not going to get into Star Wars. I'm going to say the word Star Wars, but I'm not going to talk about Star Wars. I'm just going to say the word Star Wars. So I don't want to trigger Bob. I'm just kidding. Okay? I'm, I'm fine, man. I'm just kidding. No, I know, but because yeah. Bob and I will get locked into a Star Wars. It'll be we're like not, we won't talk about that. No, <laughs> it really will be. It'll be like a Peter Griffin versus the chicken, like like extended fight sequence <laughs> we've done, i think we've done that on this channel we have we, we already we have, have that which is why we're so. going to be very caught i'm going to be yeah. very cautious and tread carefully yeah my ultimate surmisation and i have to just speak about star wars briefly in order to make my point in that for star wars 
I thought The Last Jedi did not service the overall trilogy and was frustrated by it. In terms of The Matrix, this is probably my thesis statement. In terms of The Matrix, I thought that The Last, that it, that The Matrix Resurrections is almost the last Jedi of the Matrix series. And for all the reasons that it doesn't service Star Wars, it 100% services this Matrix trilogy. It being in that it's not the middle part of a trilogy. Yeah, I was going to say that's where the comparison falls apart for me. Is the But that's why. But you see, I'm saying that it didn't work because it was the middle part of a trilogy. It works for Matrix because it's a tacked on thing that's happening 18 years later had they made that in the middle well i don't know you can't make that comparison about the matrix about matrix resurrections being in matrix reloaded but my point is is that all this all this lofty stuff that they do in the last jedi that's so divisive and polarizing they do it in the middle of a story that needs to finish an arc Mm -hmm. this is like this is something where like okay the matrix is done and people are not satisfied People are not satisfied with the way that Matrix Revolutions ends. It ends with Neo dying and sacrificing his life and this, you know, peace and just a really just sort of cop out sort of situation that nobody's happy with. And so here is a movie that sort of unravels all of that stuff, doing it exactly the way that you just said, for all the reasons that you just said with Lana, you know, doing it for those reasons and yada, 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 which is great. And I do love that. But also putting a nice little punctuation on what the matrix is either all about or or re sort of reframing what it's all about in that I love so much more. It's just like this obscure animated film from 1982 that I'm about to reference from Nirvana called rock and rule. There's a quote from the villain. He says one song, one heart, but no one meaning that the the song that can sing the demon back has to be sung by two people not by one person so the the villain thinks oh i've won there's no person that can do it and his folly is that it's actually two people that create the singular voice that can send the demon back and that's what we learned about the matrix that neo is special because of the love that he has with trinity and that trinity is this is this element that needs to be in neo's orbit in order for him to do the thing that he does it really and trinity the one also i mean it yeah really, which it really is, does it or really there is there out. there is no one basically there is no one right yeah, there yeah. is no one and i'm to me after what we got in the original matrix even though none of it fucking makes sense and it's so convoluted all over the place i i sat at the end after all that and thinking you know because again when you first watch something and it doesn't go where you expect it to go you kind of like you're kind of so tripped up on that it didn't go where you wanted it to go that it's hard to sort of accept what's happening now my you know second rewatch i'm going oh yeah okay yeah yeah and then at the end they're fl- they're flying like 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 doves in the air together you know which, over which the- references throughout the movie how they're looking at the doves flying around Right. Very true. Very true. Flying around. Yeah. Right. And and especially in that repetitive sequence. And I'm going, I'm going, okay, that's, I'm great. They, they both, and they're both in charge that they're working with the analyst to make the matrix work in a, a, a meaningful way. And in that way, that's the true partnership between the machines and, 
and the one and the people because the, there's always going to be a matrix there's never not going to be a matrix and the the uh the, the they get to make the matrix on the humans get to make the matrix on their terms i mean they kind of they kind of frame that when neo first arrives when they talk about the war like back they, they kind of like point out the flaw of the view the thesis of the original trilogy which is it's us versus them Right. It actually is. There is no us versus them. It's us working together to make this whole mess work. Like right. you have to have the machines and the humans work together because, I mean, and ultimately they're right because the planet is completely fucked. The planet, right. you can't just have humans be free. They can't go out into the world right. anymore. So they do have to work together. And that's how you find peace. So, yeah, I, I mean, like, I'm not. Right. I'm, I'm also I'm not disagreeing with you about the last Jedi thing. Jeff, I honestly think if let, no, no, I, I mean, we disagree about maybe some nitty gritty on that, but I think if the Last Jedi was just by itself and came out eighteen years after, you know, or came out, it it would work better. Just by Much itself, better. it would Much work. Better. Yeah, way better. I agree with you there. Let's say this: it's the Last Jedi thematically, maybe, but at least give me the Gremlins two thing in real life. I, I why Come can't? On. It, I mean, it's Bob, so Bob, why can't? But why can't it be both? I, I know, think it it's can, it can. I. I everything you said, I agree with, and I haven't yeah, read well, all that yeah. stuff. You yeah, know, there's a video of Lana literally saying there will be no more. She's like, no, there's no more. She so there is want, no more. She I does mean, not want this to go anywhere. You, so you know what that says that to me? Isn't that amazing too? In yes. this day and age, just having her say like, "No, it's over." Yes, but you yeah. want to know something? And let's and Jeremy, I want to hear what you have to say as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um. The uh, the so that what hearing that backstory now suddenly all of my gripes with the Matrix Resurrections are oh she just didn't give a shit, <laughs> or she was actively <laughs> working against. Yeah, like she's like, I'm not going to give them this to build, yeah. action movie they want. They're going to get a fucking love story. No, but but there is there is so much stuff that real like a reintroducing us to all these shit. Like we spent like precious time. If this is our last Matrix movie, we spent precious time basically remaking the Matrix. And it's like, dude, we don't need you to remake the fucking Matrix right now. And B, the the whole uh you know, um, sort of glossing over the fact that they're like hanging out with machines now. Like they breathe, they're like, they sort of explain it. And if you watch the Animatrix episode, that one episode where the machine chooses to help the humans, you're kind of like, oh, okay, I guess that kind of flies. But it's like, there's no friggin', there's no explanation. There's no explanation. There's I, just nothing. Just gloss can, over so much shit. Can we also give them, give uh, Lana props just for the fact that she didn't, I, I, I don't like retconning and I love the fact that She's totally a hundred percent counting everything in continuity. I love that. I like, am like, very happy about that. And yeah, I listen. Yeah. I thought just I had mad respect for her when she started referencing the Matrix films and Warner Brothers, and that she straight up gave the finger to Warner Brothers by saying, "Oh, Warner Brothers wants you to make a new mate." Like she's literally, they're like, "Do our bidding." She's like, "Fine, I'll do your bidding." And then she literally does their bidding by totally just like shitting on them, as you were mm -hmm. saying, Bob. So I, I have, I have uber respect for yeah. lana and I keeping made some everything notes about the way that it is too. when i was re-watching i made some notes but i Hold think I'm, jeremy, really, yeah, jeremy. jeremy please give us real your quick opinion on this. well real quick um I, here, I i really like the uh the star wars comparison um because i felt like after watching this you know this most recent one resurrections and it almost felt like you know two and three felt um like analogous to the way the star wars prequels did you know what i mean they're they're canon and they're you know they're part of somehow like the lore of 
you know, the original three films, but they're kind of from another time, you know, what is it, the late 90s and early 2000s and stuff. And then, you know, this film, Resurrections, felt more, you know, like the way they did with the Star Wars sequels. You know what I mean? Let's sort of go back to basics. Let's sort of give the fans sort of what they requel. want. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah, definite, definite requel. And I was okay with that. I, I thought, you know, the thing about like Trinity – um and her being the one and I, like i you know i like the way they sort of rehashed it but turned it on its head you know he doesn't want to take the red pill this time i like that i like the fact that um you know there was the whole sort of uh what's the word there's a reluctance you know a lot more reluctance on the part of trinity and and neo both uh as far as like freeing themselves i like that the thing that really kind of rubbed me the wrong way about this film was it and and in this sense I, I felt it was a lot like the last jedi too it's like when you have one of these action movies with the convoluted plot and it's like okay there's going to be a 30 minute window when we can get into this place and you're going to be doing this and here's the plan we're going to hash out and it's just like i've seen that done in so many movies the, the heist the heist, you know, I just heist. like, ah, oh, is this the movie I'm watching now? You know, they did it in, they they, did they, it in they, Matrix Re- Revolutions. They, they did it. Yeah. Yeah. It's a screenwriting thing. They need to add a ticking clock. Mm. You always need a ticking clock to make, to you know, to amp up the adrenaline or else. Yeah. It feels and dead in the water a little bit. It's know? like, it just seemed kind of silly. Like she's got a, um, she had to like what, download her consciousness into the other girl, into what was her name? Bugs, right? Um, yeah, I liked as a character. I thought she was a great Bugs character. Cool, yeah, totally yeah, cool. I like great Bugs. Yeah. Um, you know, we we got to put her consciousness in Bugs because we can't just unplug her without her being aware that she's getting unplugged. But yeah, by the time cool. that happened, she was aware of it. They were there talking to her and and making her but, aware. And I don't know how the exits work now. Now that there's no paper mirrors, and stuff. there's mirrors or mirrors. something. They don't really. Um, you know, there's just things that they just sort of throw in there and be like, okay, well, that's how it is, and that's how it is, and I don't the tech really. The jargon of that whole scene, Jeremy, to me, mm-hmm. was also like confusing even the second time, where yeah. I was like, this. I don't know if it's it's a, it's an execution thing where it was like I don't really understand what's going on even now. Yeah. About why them getting her out like this and they're distracting him, but I was like, wait, she's that he can't his systems aren't monitoring this. I don't know. It doesn't. Yeah. I guess it doesn't matter. It just. Does, I guess kind of like have to wash my hands of something happened there that worked. And yeah, yeah, exactly. I don't know what it is, but something. I also want to say. Know? I just want to weigh in here. I, I I understood and appreciated and was totally accepting of how they handled Morpheus and the reason behind it. And by the way, his reluctance. It, it's not so much. Re- it was reluctance, but it was also conflict. It also seemed like. Neo was unconsciously trying to free himself from the Matrix. Yeah. That's why he created that little thing that he did at the beginning. Jeff, do you uh, think modal- too, like that was also problem solving? I think that to some degree, what they did here with the with Agent Smith and Morpheus was problem solving because they wanted Agent Smith and Morpheus to fight people, and well, they didn't want to do anything. I, obviously, Lana didn't want to make Lawrence Fishburne and Hugo Weaving do anything physical. So they right. found this, this is a problem solving issue, right? Like I, yes. And I loved it. Yeah. I loved no, Morpheus. That, I was very happy, very I, happy with I Morpheus. Thought Jonathan and how Groff was cool. I thought he was cool. He was a good, he had, he's chewing on scenery there. Here's what I totally did not need in this movie at all, at all. Like it just felt like 
excuse this vulgar, this this absolutely vulgar, atrocious analogy that I'm about to use. It felt like I had three dicks and only two holes. That's that was the uh, that's the honest to God. Tr- I'm sorry. That's you're no, wait, 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 be sorry. Explain, explain, yeah, you're you gonna need, have to explain, explain it that. though. I need you need to. Explain I'm going it. to. Yeah. I'm going yeah. to. In that, I, I sorry. I like thought so far ahead of that analogy that I didn't even explain what the it was analogous <laughs> no to. No clue what you're saying. <laughs> I just <laughs> randomly said that. The dance no. of the three. I get it. <laughs> the I feel like Yeah, the dance of the three snakes. No, what I what I'm referring to is Smith. I absolutely unequivocally did not need smith in this movie i say leave smith in the original trilogy he's great he ends as a matter of fact smith is smith has an arc he actually has an arc like nobody has an arc in the original matrix there's an arc in the original matrix movie but there's no arc throughout throughout the whole trilogy i don't think i don't think anybody has an arc except for smith and so it's kind of like leave smith as he was smith was the first big bad villain leave him there just leave him it, there. Like I Instead, said, I, I well, they like needed his, him to come to the rescue at the end. Well, hold on you know? a second. Hold I on like a second. like that performance. I'll say that. I just. Uh, it's no, no, no. I was. It, I'm not. I, I was OK with the performance. I'm yeah, not. Yeah. I'm not upset about the performance. I'm saying don't even give us. Don't we don't need. A, uh, we don't need like an, an, an alternate Smith. It just felt so unnecessary to the story and the plot i felt no gravity to, i didn't feel any gravity at least with morpheus they were kind of doing like this thing where they're cutting back to lawrence fishburne and then he's trying to emulate his uh, his predecessor and it's kind of interesting i i felt this felt like such uh again this felt like or i should say i felt like i had three dicks and there were only two holes because this just felt like an extra dick hanging off that i didn't need and instead and instead here's here's my Here's my um, what's it called? Armchair uh, fanboy couch surfing uh, hindsight 2020 quarterbacking is that give that all that stuff to the analyst. Let the analyst is like the new Smith. And I love the character of the analyst. I Mm -hmm. thought it was a great it was such a wonderful touch. It was a great invention. So let the analyst be the new Smith adversary and let all of the stuff that happens with or even how about this? How about makes turn Smith into the analyst, meaning that Smith's program after you know, whatever happened with Neo, like got d- disassembled and the Matrix, the suits, as they call them, the, the suits come up, uh, 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 come up with a way to sort of give Smith what he always wanted, control of everything in a way that was meaningful. That was the bargain that he worked at with them. And so I, I love the idea of the analyst. I love but I just I felt like Smith. And the analysts were were competing for the same sort of spot. And I just, I wanted, you know what I really needed or what would have been great is we got this sort of, and Keanu, listen, we know he's capable of doing all the action stuff because he's doing all the John Wick movies, but I, it felt like so, I don't know, there was something like very dialed in about his so, I reluctant about fighting. That, yeah, I, please. I so go ahead. The, um, I'm, I'm noting the fact that uh, three of us, I'm assuming, are all uh, straight white cis males here, uh, or we might not be. But <laughs> yes. nice play about wordplay about dicks. Um, that yes. kind of yeah. I what I did love about this movie was including the Trinity kind of Trinity is part like half of the one type of thing. One point five. Um, I did like the fact that every uh, person of power in this movie was feminine energy. I, I really like that. Is obvious. I think that's an yeah. obvious thing, right? Ni- Niobe cool. is the general. 
Um, I was so glad to see her. I, that was, I was an so awesome glad to see her. Uh, Bugs, is in charge. Bugs is in charge of the ship, mm-hmm. which is kind of, you know, that's kind of where Morpheus was in the original trilogy. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It was a real shift of power and of like voice in, uh, in you know, the whole uh, of this trilogy or this franchise, not trilogy anymore. But I right. really like that, and I and I I don't know I don't know if that it's obviously intentional, and I think it might have to do with some of her commentary on what actually was happening in real life, and the fact that she also knows that she, her coming back was necessary to bring Keanu back because Keanu wouldn't do this without the Wachowskis. He wouldn't right. do another Matrix movie without the Wachowskis. So, right, and they wouldn't pay for another Matrix without. He didn't want. Yeah, he definitely Keanu. he didn't want to be there, dude. He didn't right. No, be I'm there. saying it's like he did it for Lana, and right. she and she's met using that, putting him kind of to the side. You know, like a Fury right. Road type of push to the no, side, like fucking bit. Mark Hamill in the Last Jedi. A little bit like, yeah, you could say that too. Like, you know what I mean? Like, there, it's an yeah. obvious choice. I think Lana's doing more with it because she has more to say about it. Like, you know, because they did make a trilogy all centered on like a Jesus figure that was, you know, a dude and everything. I think there's something there, right. but I'm not going to dissect it too far before I'm digging a hole. But you listen, <laughs> bottom line is bottom line is, uh, again, a uh, thing aside, whether he's dialing it in or not. I just wanted to see what I was hoping for. What would have been nice again after, you know, revisiting it uh, after seeing it and then rewatching it. I kind of like give me the I want to see the analyst and Neo or Neo and Trinity together, however you want to do it, sort of um, going up against the analyst and getting that's to that's not and, the movie we're watching. No, I know. I, know. I, I got it's about fighting. It's not about fighting. It's it's not, not which is, a, yeah. again, a very last Jedi. That's why I'm saying it's a last Jedi thing. And I'm it does work. It, it, it absolutely does work for this film compared to and again like i said the reason why the reason why i like the last jedi vibes of this film is that i really do whether they do make another thing or not and she's she says she won't but who knows what will happen if they do or don't i don't think keanu would say yes and they need keanu for the money well in in either which way i don't know that's what that bugs character that was some that was some uh what's it called ray energy they're like let's let's bring in that new that new icon you know, that we can, that's why they're introducing us to the crew. We don't care about because they're like, they're thinking in their heads, nobody died. We didn't lose one crew member. And remember the original matrix, they killed off every single member of that crew. Everybody died. I mean that with the betrayal. And by the way, there's lots of little nods and hints and things you could look for. He's eating steak at one point. Uh, There's the whole thing with when Joey pants is eating steak, you know, I feel like we're talking too much, but I have a list of stuff I noticed in the beginning, first third. Go ahead, lay it. No, no, lay it on. Lay it on us. I mean, Jeremy, I was like, we're not talking. I'm not talking over you. No, no, I was just gonna. There was some things that that really didn't work for that. Like I, I don't know. Tell me, guys. Tell me how you guys felt about, you know, towards the end when him and Trinity are kind of running away, and you know, so he's got this ability to stop bullets, right? As we all know, right? But it's almost like. He's like going like this, almost like he's holding an, an invisible shield, you know, while they're running away and he's just blocking the bullets. Yeah, all he does and is just, block. He has one move. And he's just like going like this while they're running away. It felt like, you know, like when you're a little kid, you know, and you're playing and you're like, oh, but I blocked them. It's okay. Like, it just seemed kind of infantile. It's just like, 
I don't know. It, it just it, it was all yeah. Like he he does. When does he do that most famously? I think it was Reloaded, right? Where he stopped the bullets. That was the trailer for Reloaded, right? With him stopping right. all the bullets. Yeah, right. Yeah, this is all he had left. That was the only vestige of his character power mm. set left, right? Like he didn't have anything else. Well, he so they, yeah, they he was able to you know make the like crush the cars. You know, he could sort of yeah, force yeah. grab. Well, once the, again, the cars. he doesn't even really have an arc in this film either. Like he doesn't no, ever I, have an arc. I think, but I think. Lana Wachowski is aware of that. You know what I mean? Like, Neo is not the most interesting character. He never was. He's he is, not he's, interesting he is, at all. You There's put no, yourself. You put yourself so bland. in. Yeah, he is the. He's just the Kermit the Frog, the Bugs Bunny, the Mark Hamill. You know, like mm-hmm. you put yourself in his place in that right. movie, original. Yeah. Movie, yes, you're right. And that's why it works. The Twilight. What is the? He's the, an avatar. Yeah, yeah, he's an avatar for. Uh, you, we put ourselves in there. Mm-hmm. I think she's. They're aware of that, but they're also aware that. Like I said, there's such a meta element to real life that you have to have Keanu be the star of this movie. You have to. Yeah. You just can't. A Matrix without Keanu, would anyone really care that much? I don't know, but I loved watching him. Uh, you could tell they're really taking the piss when he, in the montage scene of Monotony, oh, like great. the repetitive, when he's just, they're just so good. And you, you literally, you didn't even have to explain all that stuff about Gremlins too, because you can literally see Lana peeking her head out and just going, wink, like, yeah. Like just like yeah, yeah. I've got well, millions of dollars. I'm just okay. fucking around with so, it. I like watching. I just took notes for the first half because then I truly, honestly, just watched the. Yeah, second half. go ahead. Lay him, lay him I, on I, us. Stuff I stuff I just made notes of. Like the movie literally starts out with our our character watching a bad remake of the movie. Mm-hmm. That yeah, I mean, it's literally what is happening. Yes. I kind of didn't pick that up the first time. I was like, oh wait, Bugs is watching a shitty remake with other <laughs> actors. <laughs> remaking the opening of the first matrix movie incredible yep. um yep. and then they, they and they even asked the you know he even asked the thing why use old code to make something new it's questioning remakes, right right the right. story isn't the story we think it is to me that's her saying this is not going to be an action movie like you'd hoped it would be right um, the sign that bugs falls on did not notice this don't know if you guys did but it says really big anderson and then it says oh. to the side, this is the funny part. It says, for those who love to eat shit. Really? Oh, I did not see that. Like, it's like directly fucking there. And you want to eat shit? Here it is. You know, you explain- I, I thought I saw something like that, but I didn't really think twice. Goes, I, I, I figured so I must have just re- misread it. It goes so fast. I paused that, it. Right? I yeah. paused it. It says, for those who love to eat shit. It's like so hard right there on the screen Bob, when- for anybody who doesn't for anybody who who might listen to this in the future listen, watching now mm-hmm. can you explain very briefly and succinctly how if you see something on oh, i guess i'm saying it right now actually i'm explaining it that if you see something on frame it's it's not by accident it's always if you see something every frame that is painting right Right. Every single frame in any movie is on purpose, or you should always take it to be on purpose. Never, there's never any accidents. There's nothing. So. Especially with uh, somebody, a caliber of the Wachowskis. Like, right. Anything that she puts on the screen, I trust was intentional. And this brings me to the next point. When they're running out of the movie theater, I don't know if you guys noticed the name of the movie on the billboard that was playing, but it's Root of All Evil. Oh, <laughs> when they're running out of the movie theater, it says root of all evil. Um, uh, and then I also was like, had some more theories that I think uh, you guys might like. I I noticed that if you really look at the architect when, when he is just the therapist, not when he turns into the architect. But if you really right. look at all the dialogue that the architect and Neo has 
to me, Neo is Lana in this movie. Like in a lot of ways, a lot of the dialogue is her. Uh, he's like a surrogate for Lana Wachowski, and and um, Neil Patrick Harris is actually playing the franchise of the Matrix. And he, the, everything he's saying in that scene kind of is her dealing with what the franchise means to her and how she is like, you know, processing what's going on right now. Wow. Um, yeah. Like, so I, I like, I, I'm going like, to have to rewatch that. Just like, to, like yeah. She, yeah. Uh, you have to like rewatch it with those eyes. I, I, will, it, I, will. I picked up one at the second time and I really, I really liked it. Um, I'm almost done. Don't worry. This isn't that long. Uh, I've also I've got zero tolerance for anything that requires a syllabus and a highlighter. So when they're doing the um, when they're doing the you know montage of them creating the Matrix Four video game, the guy that says that he never liked the Matrix says that you know he doesn't like anything that requires a syllabus and a highlighter. I like my games big, loud, and dumb. He later says says you know what reboots sell. The same guy that hated the Matrix is pro rebooting the Matrix, even though he hated the first one. This and, is an executive and speaking, a syllabus okay? and right, right. Yeah, like Lana was in a room, and this is what they were literally telling her. And she hires Christina Ricci for like no reason <laughs> no at all. No reason like, at all. No it's reason at all. Just to like yeah. have her come in, and I'm like going like. Is that Christine? Like, what's Christina Ricci going to do this film? Nothing. Let, let me, let me, let, okay. This is my last <laughs> go ahead, little bit go of, ahead, go ahead. this is my last little thing. As far as uh, Neo in this movie is Lana's voice. Uh, when he is in the coffee shop having his first like out and out conversation with Trinity, when she says, But you made the Matrix, he says, Yeah, we kept some kids entertained. And then she says, Did you base that main character on yourself? There's a lot of me in it. Yeah. Come on. I mean, it's like, like Neo is Lana in this movie, right? It, right. just, it seems right. like it has to be. It has to be. And the fact that, no, you're absolutely right. It's autobiographical in it's that so she, created, she created the Matrix video games. Like she uh, she has to do another one that she doesn't want to do. Um, she like the the fact that Smith is her boss. It's kind of funny. Like Smith is literally <laughs> villain, her boss. The famous villain is the, is the yeah, villain again. It, yeah, is, like... is her. Yes. Yeah. Robbie says simulate. That that was a nice little nod. Yeah, simulate is great. Yeah, too. Is All the great. signs in this movie were like Simpsons level good. You know. Yes, they really, really <laughs> were. And just um, there there was just and here's the here's the thing that doesn't. And Jeremy, I want to get your opinion on this. I think another p reason why it's hard to make a Matrix movie today is that the technology, like it was fascinating to watch the Matrix now with the shift in technology and computer technology and the amount of understanding that the average person yeah. has of like <clears throat> electronics and computers. Like we understand stuff even at a fun, like my son is, my son is on like YouTube at the age of five. Like, it's just like, we have such a, a, a different intimate fundamental understanding of, of, of technology that now like, you know, I mean, pay, pay phones don't even exist anymore. So it's like, how do you update the matrix? Also, like a, the, the effects aren't as impressive. We're like, you yeah, know, we're 21 MCU movies deep. Those matrix fights release now. It's a kid. It's like, eh, yeah. I get it. Yeah, <laughs> we've had, I, we've I had that. that. I get it. Yeah, we've had that. Yeah. So exactly. I think that um, technology wise, I mean, if you look at the first film, right, you know, he it's not the very first scene, but, you know, he's like falling asleep. And, you know, he's got his CRT monitor right there, right? And then he's, like, selling software to a guy, and it's on a 3.5-inch floppy disk. Right, and it's like yeah. in his all that, room. All, yeah. all that stuff 
is beyond obsolete now, you know? Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I remember, you know, and he, he gets that FedEx, right. With the, with the, the cell phone that right. slides phone that, out that, like that. that. And that remember, was, remember that, that was, was like, cool, man. That was like a huge deal too, right? That it was, was oh, when it flipped out. Cause we had brick Nokia's we yeah, yeah. Nokia bricks. I don't so even those what? things go for like hundreds of dollars on eBay now. I bet. Yeah. Really? I, and, they have and, to. Yeah. And like, uh, flip phones, I don't think were even in, you know, and Vogue yet. No. It was like, we had like, just like the bricks, like you yeah, said. Yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, but I think they could have done personally a lot more with, um, you know, exploring yeah. like the way things are going today with like, How about you, know, you have things like you have, you have catfishing, you have the metaverse, you have all this uh, controversy going on with, you know, like the social dilemma and stuff. And that's stuff that had, had they wanted to, they, they could have really done a deep dive in and, yeah. and made a really interesting film, I but that's not that as a shame. That is I, a I shame. I think what's interesting, what you just, that what is you a just shame. said, Jeremy, is that, inside the matrix there seems to be literally no social media like the machines deprived us of that that's not true people are looking at their phones in that elevator scene they are Briefly. but you know what i mean like it's not a the machines have i think there's a suppression going on there or something but You're it's right. not explained it's not as big of a part of that society because they never really go into how normal society works in any of the Matrix movies, right. which I'm always interested in. Like, no, but that's what's but that's what's so crazy is that you have to imagine that we just assume that their society, like Thomas Anderson in 1999, we just assume that like his society is like our society because they say at the height of the 20th century, but but machines made it, so it's probably like there could be like a whole thing where like they just walk through walls and we never see, or I don't know, some ridiculous like feature be like. <laughs> What you mean? You don't use your foot to wash your laundry? Like, you know, I, some saw, I saw somebody. There are a lot of people hate this movie. I saw a total like you know shit posting. Fuck this movie! Like on my Facebook feed, and the person yeah. was saying that the the dialogue for all the millennials speaking is terrible. And my first thought was, dude, it's like machines that have been writing dialogue for people right. for a hundred years yeah. or more like it these people aren't supposed to speak like us right like it's they're not they don't know what we're saying anymore yeah i i, I have a, a question for you guys um there was something that i don't know if i just wasn't paying attention or if it just didn't land on me correctly like there's a part where you know they say that the machines are trying to hide him right uh someone's right. telling someone's telling the machines are trying to hide you and he's like you know, if they're trying to hide me, like, why would they, they, why would they make me a guy called Tom Anderson who programmed a game called the matrix? And actually, maybe, I think it makes most makes to total sense to me. But was it just hiding in plain sight? Like that? In pla yeah, you should, not you only, not only hiding <laughs> in plain sight by making the truth, by, by putting so much truth into his fiction that it that that's what happens to him. He becomes confused. He goes to the analyst who has to sort of like help him sort what's real and what's not, which is actually the WandaVision esque sort of brilliance that I wanted more of. I wanted him like if I had if this was like a 10 episode miniseries, I would want him to spend four episodes like just struggling with reality. Like the first episode, like at the very end, right before the credits we get our first hint that this is not the real world. Like we spend the entire like hour or whatever it is 
in some sort of like um some sort of matrix life of Thomas Anderson and then slowly just unravel it and then bring us up to speed on everything that would have been. And, and the, and one other thing too. And then in that it's like, there are so many, there were a lot of missed opportunities. We understand why Lana was doing what she was doing. There were many missed opportunities to, to, to do some incredibly thoughtful. And we know maybe that's not what she wanted to do. She didn't want to do it. Her, her sister didn't want to do it. My sister was like, you, you, you take this one. Yeah, I don't even want to, I don't even want to, I don't, I'm not even, I think, I can't I think the question of how much does she care about the movie itself is up for discussion because like, right. Well, I, I think I know all the stuff I said, I believe in that, like that she doesn't want there to be a sequel and stuff, but like I, I compared it to gremlins too. I know that Joe Dante cared about how gremlins two turned out. I'm not sure. But gremlins how... two is a good movie. I know. Like, I know. I'm, that's what I'm like saying. A legitimately. Good I know. Movie. But what I'm saying is I don't know if Lana cares about this movie. I'm still, I don't I think we might need a few years and then maybe she does an interview or talks about it some other time but I don't know if those are mistakes or there's his intention she kind of don't know why throw. she wouldn't want to say more that's did she all. just want did she just wanted to get to two hours is my question yeah I think I think you know I, I mean? honestly think so and that's yeah. why we got so much requel like we got so yeah. much remake and like repetitive and it was almost it was more of a it was a fuck you when it was an opportunity which it's i like, respect okay. i respect the fuck you leave me i <laughs> listen i i i i respect the fuck you but i'm a part of me is also like look you're gonna spend all the time doing this anyway like je- like you could have had a whole thing with a character my uh, uh who is completely catfishing or is in a complete situation where we're we're with them in the matrix and then when they get yanked out they're not the person that we thought they were in the matrix at all. And they were completely different. And it was just an opportunity to really say something about like what people do every day. And, and as well as an opportunity to, to perhaps if one wanted to, to say something about all the different sort of social issues that people deal with in their lives today. But and so I don't know. I, I, not, I would, not that you have to, but I like, don't, I don't know the, the obviously don't know the Wachowskis and there is, they're kind of a mysterious voice, right? Like we don't, we kind of don't know that much about their personal life. They've never been interviewed right. people, like like heavily or anything. Like right. my 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 guess is that they're not that connected to like social happenings. Like, you know what I mean? Like everything we're seeing here is a response to Lana's own experience with the franchise and the studio and just movies in general. It doesn't she wasn't concerned with responding to the world. This is a response to the franchise the studio i get her it. story i'm, no, I'm I just it. guessing i'm not saying you know what i mean like I'm no it's guessing. a good it's a it's yeah. a good it's a very good guess and i don't take any umbrage with her for that but mm. again it's a two and a half hour movie it is really it's like <laughs> it's like come on if you're gonna spend two and a half hours like come on you are we know what you're capable of You've di- you di- you've done it brilliantly in the past, so so fucking so what? You're getting paid millions of dollars to do this. Just do it. Like do something. You know, they, I don't know. They would, they're such a they're such an interesting entity. Like I don't know if you guys saw Jupiter Ascending. Have you seen Jupiter? Ascending? I have seen Jupiter Ascending because that's like literally them wasting 160 million dollars of a studio's money for no reason. It's just like they did it because it was like they don't want to work again. If you if you ever read about that like they kind of no, i did wanna, not know that they didn't want to work in the studio system anymore like they're this isn't their this isn't lana's first time doing something like this like jupiter ascending the story is the uh, that they didn't want to 
make any more of these movies or be a part of this anymore. So they wasted $160 million on one of the most insane blockbusters. It's not that I, bad, man. It's, it's not like, that bad. But, dude, Jeff, come on. That thing is not for – it's, like, weird. No, it's hell. very hard to digest. It's so <laughs> hard to digest. I mean, yes. I kind of love it, but – I got to I gotta run, but this okay. has been a pleasure. And, yeah, man, uh, great talking. Yeah, man. thank you for having me, Jeremy. Thank you so much. We're we're winding down anyway. And I and I'm gonna I'm gonna watch. Uh, I'm gonna do a rewatch because all this stuff about it being like a meta like sort of statement to Warner Brothers. Um, it it makes a lot of sense, and I'm gonna I'm gonna watch it through that lens. But so I listen, I, what I really need you to do is mm-hmm. I need you to watch Family Matters season three, yes, so we can. Yes. Well, actually, it's back. season two, part two. We only did. Are you kidding? Yeah, you did we never, season two part. We two. did season two part one. We've only done three episodes. God damn it! But dude, listen, just do it. And then, man. and then there's just there's just one thing that I really wanted to to call everyone's attention to, concerning all the Matrix movies. That when I was watching it, I was watching uh, Revolutions the other day, and something that I just couldn't help but crack up at is when you know the Smiths come to the Oracle. And they turn the Oracle into Smith and you get that, that zoom up of that, that sinister laugh and just, and I was just like, this, this is fucking uh, really quick. If I can recommend uh, you look up, uh, there's a, there's a YouTube channel called just right. And they have, it's called on finally understanding the matrix sequels. I've sent the video to Jeff a few times, I think he references that shot in that video about how much fun Hugo Weaving is having in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Like he references the shot you just said so many times. Okay. I'll check it out for sure. Yeah. Definitely check that out. It's a great video. That's a great channel too, by the way. All right. Have a good night guys. Happy new year. Have a good night. You have some great, um, you have some happy birthday. It's his birthday tomorrow. Oh, Um, happy birthday. (laughs) He's, He's gone, but happy birthday, Jeremy. The, um, uh man you 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 have some good taste in uh video video critical analysis i watch that stuff i you know i guess oh my god i try to make my own but i i really it's hard it's hard it's It's really hard hard. i'm not as i'm not like one this is this is a lazy version this is the lazy version of i've always done the lazy version where i'm i'm basically uh doing it on the fly but i've never been one to sit down i used to write if you take notes and you, you do it on the fly, you can, you can do you an can approximation. Do but but I don't like like reading an essay and then editing B-roll to it, which some guys, some people very, on the internet are just so good at it. So Lindsay, good. Lindsay Ellis is incredible at it. If you she's good at stuff. you would be you would crush it, though, dude. You would I, crush it's it. Not, I like doing my podcast stuff. I think that's where my personality comes out. And that's where I like doing it. You, too. I mean, I would say that about you, too. Right. You know Jeff? what the I problem mean, is? Yeah, I love doing it because I never shut the hell up. But you know what the thing is? like, Yeah, right. But, yeah, you know, the it. thing is, the, the problem is, especially what frustrate what could be frustrating is that I could do this stream of consciousness that I'm doing right now. And then I could spend a month doing a carefully crafted video essay and I've gotten comparable numbers. And so it just kind of makes me go like the, the amount of effort versus watching a movie, taking a bunch of notes and then riffing off of my head. This is like. This is like live improv- improvisational spoken word critical cinema analysis right, right. is what this so, is. So like, you know? yeah, like I'm still on my on my movie podcast. We're still going to do the Matrix Resurrections. And I didn't. Oh. I, this to me is not a <laughs> conflict of those ideas because that show will be like those guys write an outline about the script itself. And we will go through the mechanics of the script. Completely right. different vibe than 
talk and then i know what talking to jeff right from you guys is. talk about you you yeah. guys talk about well, yeah you guys talk about the p- particular script mechanics yes. yes those guys are geniuses and they and they work that out so so i'm curious to know so answer yeah. this question for me as we're yeah. winding we're winding down here we're winding yeah. down let's let's get uh g- give me 15 more minutes and i'll let you let oh, you oh yeah 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 let you I'm free as uh, you in my grasp no um <laughs> No, the I wanted to be on, man. What are you I know about? you do. I know you yeah. love talking. You, yeah. I, I, you, you're always down for, to to rap, and I love that about you. The um, no, the for, so what is help me understand if 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 even possible in the original matrixes and this matrix, what is, does ever who, who has an arc, who doesn't? Like we know Smith has an arc. Does anybody have an arc in this thing? I, I, I guess. Trinity? Are you asking in you're asking in the original trilogy specifically or I think in all of the movies, does anybody I I guess maybe we know everybody has an arc in the original Matrix film. Like the script is is really tight. Like really iron. Original Matrix movie, I think, is a perfect movie as far as perfect movie. Like perfect doesn't exist, but if you're talking about blockbusters, studio, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like Trinity has, has an it. arc, and they everything weaves together so perfectly. Where she, you know, the whole thing. And she's like, if she's like, you have to be the one because I've fallen in love with you, and, and like it just, it just the, the whole this? thing just clicks so well together. I don't think I'm just talking about Neo. Yeah. Now I, I'm like actively rewatching the sequels right now. Like I'm halfway through Reloaded just because your Resurrections made me want to watch them, and I lo- I've wa- <laughs> I watch them I every now and then. So, but yeah, Neo doesn't necessarily change in the sequels he just learns what his destiny is and that's different learning uh facts and what you're supposed to do is different than changing who you are in my opinion and i think everyone you think most people can agree on that especially writers yeah for sure Uh, you you understand that yes so i don't think i don't think anything's wrong with that yeah that's not have movies that have a main that. character that have a flat arc. Back to the Future. Marty McFly doesn't have a big arc. It's still a perfect movie. You know what I mean? Like it's just it. It just is. I there's, don't think he has any arc when it, I'm thinking he, about he, it. There's that we did an episode on it, and I argued that thing, but Jimmy kind of changed my mind a little bit. Um, but you know, the classic question is: Is the person at the end of the movie would he do the same thing at the beginning of the movie if you transplanted them? You know, like, right. Oh, my Neo, God. That's you just you just that is the perfect litmus question for yes, any that, character. That's usually what I think. That's a writing standard question. I didn't know that. I, yeah, thank you. Yeah, you just yeah. taught me something. Wow. Yeah. OK, so I I mean, I think Neo, you can say Neo would be different at the end of the Matrix than he would at the beginning of the first one. For sure. But I don't know if you take the two sequels as one movie, if Neo is that much different as a as a character. I don't think he is. I think he just learns Morpheus doesn't change then. Morpheus would do at the beginning of the Matrix as the same as he would do at the he end of the Matrix. He still believes. He still fully believes. He always believes. He never yeah. changes from his belief. And that goes all the way through until the very end. If anything, what would have given him more spice in the original Matrix trilogy would have been for him to stop believing at like maybe the end of the second movie and then have that be a crisis of faith like weaved into the third movie. I don't know how that would work. I'm just saying you'd probably have to change a whole bunch of story stuff, but I'm just saying it would have been far more interesting for him to, it's like, doesn't the the second one always has to do a 180 on whatever the first one's doing. So in the second movie, uh, Morpheus would have to stop believing in the one before. 
Yeah, it, the second movie is like once again, I think it's a product of what we you said before, Jeff. Like they kind of didn't know what they were doing with, with Niobe. Right? Changed. Yeah, they most certainly yes, did Ni- not. I agree. Niobe did. She did change in this movie. Um, she did. She yes, did. she but did. I think the problem once again with Reloaded is like the first one was like there is no spoon, and then the second one was like there's kind of a spoon. In this one, and, right? And, and with Morpheus, Reloaded messes up because it's like. In the first one, Morpheus is willing to straight up sacrifice himself for Neo. And in the right. second movie, he's willing to straight up sacrifice himself for Neo again. He kind of does the same thing again. It's not like you said, they didn't make it dynamic. Neo's just, I mean, Morpheus is still on his path, which kind of sucks because Morpheus is sort of the most interesting character, right? Very in the much first so. movie. He's the most in the first one for sure. He's yeah. the most interesting character. His so, like, love and his love for Neo is so pure, wonderful. It's so pure and it's so wonderful. Like when he when Neo makes the decision to rescue him from the agents and like that, he like puts himself in certain danger to do it. Like you really feel yeah. like the love between the two of them that you believed in me and now I'm going to believe in you. And that Morpheus is so blown we just away. Become best friends. Yep. Yeah. 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 Right. yeah. It's yeah. so it's beautiful. It's a, it's a beautiful moment. Not that, you know, look, not that Lawrence Fishburne fighting on top of a Mack truck isn't awesome. And I love that. <laughs> I wouldn't trade that scene for anything. Nothing. But it's but thematically what's happening is he's once again, risking his life for something he believes in without falter like that's just his cause and they didn't shake that up at all so yes i agree with you they should have shaken his faith yes and then had and maybe like his faith dipping in the middle of reloaded and then regaining it at the end maybe or maybe at the end of revolutions or something would have been yeah. way more interesting but i think they just had too much on their hand i can't even imagine what it's like to make those two movies uh, the undertaking, yeah, like st- it's it's like people can complain about movies all they want, but stuff like that has to just slip your mind. Like, you know what I mean? Like, like, oh yeah, we kind of didn't service Morpheus in the end, which goes oh, well, back. They're already filmed. <laughs> which goes back to like what we were talking about on Facebook of like you can, yeah. like I am all for criticizing a film, but like you have to like you have to like say something intelligent. Like you can't just. Like you have to explain yourself, say something intelligent and do it respectfully and like uh, yeah, with yeah. understanding. So even if we don't like again, even if we, we both look at the glaring faults of, of those two sequels that we at least contextualize and understand and go like, I mean, look what they're doing. Like look at the, what they're look at the um, what they are helming or trying to bring. And the same thing with, you know, again, provide you providing that context context uh, about what Lana was going through when she decided to do this fourth matrix film and oh it's, and the i mean other, it's on screen right like it's it's on screen and i don't I'll need tell you to provide it she provided it jeff like she, she gave it she to did. us in a movie i wasn't reading i i didn't i i had sort of seen i saw some of that stuff for sure i mean i was laughing when they were talking about that in the boardroom and like that they have to make a new matrix film. i was like obviously they're trying to do something meta but that sort of took it to a whole new level of understanding and you know again like it's almost like the further with the trolling of like, hey, I'm not even going to explain like how or why the Matrix is still here and why the robots were having a civil war, which is also what a cool concept to like totally to like over dangle. It. Yeah, just like <laughs> dangle in front of our faces. Like, but it, wow. that's the troll move. That's the troll move. Like, I know. I know it is. I know it people, is. And nobody wanted this story. This story that we got is not the one anyone was asking. I didn't even know, which is the same thing as last Jedi. Nobody wanted that story. Yeah. I mean, and I turned out to want it 
some people didn't. Um, but this one is definitely, from what I'm looking at my feeds, this is not what most people wanted from the fourth I, movie. You know, and the other thing, too, I again, the, I was like, what's the reason for inserting him back into the Matrix? What's the reason for bringing him to life? Which, by the way, we did not acknowledge, is what a hellish nightmare existence. He literally spent years, if not decades, slowly being re- rebuilt. Re- rebuilt and yeah. like tortured and like 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 gruesomely mangled like next to trinity but like the the reasoning for why they rebuilt him and hit him and all this stuff was brilliant the idea is that he's yeah. a super battery and that when he when they torture him and put him next to trinity that he the record output all that stuff i thought that was great I really yeah. love that. And I loved that. I couldn't think of a reason why he had a personality, but I love that the, um, that the eight, what's his name? The, uh, the Neil Patrick Harris. Uh, what's his, what's his name? The, the, the a, architect? yeah, not, not the architect. What's his name? That's he's not the architect, the analyst. Oh, the analyst. I love, Sorry, yeah. I love that the analyst had sort of like this, this, in, he, he actually had like a synthetic human, personality oh and then there was the whole thing too about like the robots they don't want to be called uh ro- machines as derogatory oh, call them sentient. which i thought was again very like great interesting i think i think like there's a lot of stuff there where where, where this movie is very hard to discuss in that like i see a lot of people say i really dug the meta stuff but then the rest of it didn't work for me when i'm thinking I- i'm trying to wrestle in my head like we want there's part of our brains that want a sci-fi movie from this right right and there's part of our there's some of us maybe like the, maybe some more of our friends mutually are filmmakers and people right. that think like that i respect right. a filmmaker kind of giving the middle finger to everyone and just doing their own thing because of the hell that a studio has put them through so right but i can also say like yeah but you know what i was kind of hoping for like green tinted karate scenes you know like there's still part of me that was kind of hoping for that and this movie the fighting is lackluster not very good it, well it, here's the it thing it doesn't it doesn't even look like it's shot that well it's not really no, it's... stylistic at all like all of that is fucking gone man it is gone it is not a stylistic movie and what you just nailed it on the head about again as you and all the other last jedi people out there <laughs> You just nailed it on the head. What did you just say? You said, I wanted some green tinted. I kind of wanted, wanted some green, green tinted, tinted karate karate, karate stuff. And yeah. that's what people going into Star Wars are going. Oh, Luke I know they Skywalker. I know. I know. Luke Skywalker is coming. He's going to have his lightsaber. He's going to pull the X-Wing. They're setting it up. What a Chekhov's gun that was. They're they're they, setting up. At least they got it. Pull the, the they thing got out. It, sort of, right? Like they got in Mandalorian. So they got that. They got that. And they also yeah. got some Which stuff that like. JJ, JJ tried to, to, JJ to do tried some to do stuff. It. I didn't like the ending of Mandalorian. I'm that guy. So you didn't like weird. the ending of Mandalore Man- season two. I didn't like the end. What you didn't like Luke coming in there and taking away the kid? No, but that's a whole different episode. I liked Mandalorian, but I didn't like mm. that. But that's a whole different. I want to see where that goes. Oh my god! Yes. Well, no, I'm going to always watch that stuff. But yeah. it, that was, I was, that was, that's a different discussion. I don't want to open that. But it's weird for me to say that and then be like, I kind of, what I like about the Matrix sequels, yeah, is how over the top they are. They're bombastic, dude. The bombastic is the perfect word, the, the especially scores, the scores Lawrence Fishburne. Lawrence, Lawrence Fishburne, Fishburne on the on the truck. That's bombastic. Hey, how's this? Let me say this. <laughs> 
the texture both sound and visually of those sequels rules yeah. I don't I don't like you can we can criticize the story and themes and arcs all day, but the texture of them I love even when I was a kid I loved them. Yeah. Even when I hated the movies, I was like, yeah, it was pretty cool. Like the those scores, fuck, man. Those scores are amazing. The music choices are incredible. This movie has I couldn't even tell you what this movie sounds like. It doesn't really have a sound. It's such a different thing. It has no texture of what we're used to from this franchise. She I think it's probably a constant choice that she shucked all of that. She's like, it's not, we're not doing any of that. <laughs> we're not today when they're, we're, we're even going to film the inside of the matrix. Like it looks like it's like a slightly darker lit romantic comedy. Like, you know what I mean? Like it just doesn't look like the other movies. It looks all. clinical. The, a lot of the clinical, stuff, that's a clinical. great, yeah. it's clinical man. Yeah. And it's, and you could tell it, it, Yeah. It's almost like I have to care for a child that I don't love at this point. <laughs> you know, that's what it, that's what it is. It's I have to care for a child I don't love. I would like and, to. I would love to her to tell us like, was that intentional? Is that something she wanted, or is it because she's like, well, if we did it stylistically, we just, I'd take more time and effort and more money that I didn't want to ask for. I'm sure. You and know? you want to know what else too? You do get the sense. I know this sounds really crazy. Yeah. But you do get the sense that there's a trilogy of films in this one film, and you sure. could no, no, for sure. It's definitely there. The first film is him trapped in the matrix again and then the second film is shit where would the second film well they go they go back to the the zion-esque city and all that Re -re -reloaded, jazz reloaded 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 and then the third <laughs> film is when we figure out they have to free they have to free uh trinity and and she comes back so it's like they they've sort of pseudo taken three concepts that could have been its own trilogy and shove them into one film because we don't want to make any more films and screw this. And so there's like, there is a lot of stuff going on. I don't know. And to answer Robbie's question here, cause I, I had to, I, I wanted to yeah, yeah. I ruminate that. on that super quick. Well, I don't know what the, the deal yeah, was. I, don't know with, what that would be. I, I think it was just, I think that was Lana's way of just being like, you know, a, again, talking about like the, there's this movie is rife with feminine energy and wants to, it's Lana saying, not neo is not the only one who can remake this world i want trinity to remake this world as well so she is also the one and right. that she is in this box of being tiffany and that she's not and she even knows it like she knows deep down inside when she has to call herself tiffany begrudgingly right. she knows that her name is not tiffany she can feel it hurts almost she, yeah she can yeah, feel like it, it deep long. down inside and then suddenly yeah. she remembers why and she goes, I hate that name or something. And we're all supposed to cheer. And, you know, what was the, her husband was what is it? I was trying to look it up. Her husband, babe, 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 but that's, babe. that's isn't that David Litch, the guy who directed like John Wick? It, I don't like, know. It is. I'm pretty sure it is. Um, Like, I'm trying to look for it right now, but very WandaVision-esque, like, though, with the kids and the, you know, like, right. Is a I sense feel like of his casting means something, too. I can't I don't know what it is, but it feels it probably he's probably. not really an actor, but he's playing right. Trinity's husband. And he happens to be the guy that would direct action movies, star famous action movies starring Keanu. <laughs> it's like <laughs> something's there, right? Like it means yeah. something. I can't yeah. believe it wouldn't. I can't believe that it wouldn't mean anything. It just it like like the, the thing that's suppressing Trinity is also another Hollywood director who once controlled Neo. Right. Right. So I don't know. I don't know. It's she's it's like a labyrinth of 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 inside themes and jokes. The bottom line 
bottom line closing thoughts here we're always going to watch all the way to matrix resurrections because that's how it works with sequels no matter how much we want to stop at the perfect first film we have to accept that it's just the head and that there's a body that follows however at the end of the day, everything that needs to be said about The Matrix and what makes The Matrix so great can really be found in that first film. And yeah. in this way, we don't have to be sad that there might not be any more because everything that we've gotten since has not really enriched what was so great about that first film. And therefore, if you really just want to be happy and satisfied, and it's, I feel this way about the Scream series, of course, I'm happy about Scream 5 coming out. And of course, I'm going to see it. I'm a huge Scream fan. However, five cream. emotionally, five cream, of course, I was literally making this joke with my I did a podcast on Scream with this other guy, Mark, and we were talking about five cream. No, but point being that for me, Scream ends with Scream 3. When she looks... When she looks back and and doesn't need to close her door, talking about characters changing and having arcs, she she ends that series of the final girl films where she feels comfortable leaving the door wide open and that there's no boogeyman that's going to come and get her and she goes to watch a movie with her friends. I don't care what happens in Scream 4 or Scream 5. Like the movies end there and I'm perfectly happy. It's the same thing with The Matrix. Like I so if I had a met, if I had a final meta thought on this, um Yeah. I, re- I don't know if you remember this, but I- I'd have to look it up because I actually don't remember the exchange on Twitter, but I remember it happening Was some right wing person was saying something about how somebody else had been had been taking their blue pills. And then Lana Wachowski responded. Elon Musk. You. Elon Musk said, Elon Musk, fuck and it, you. And Lana. And, and yeah, she responded. Fuck you. And I feel like. It was awesome. It's so awesome. <laughs> I feel like this movie not being a techno ninja sci-fi action movie like everyone assumed it would be yeah is sort of the grandiose fuck you to the exact people who would want that right from like right. like ha- the one thing that guys like that worship elon musk would hate right is a love story and the one thing they would hate more is their precious action movie franchise turning into a love story Right. And, and that's so, Lana just being like, like, fuck all the fuck all those, you know, red yeah. pill freaks. I'm going to give them something that doesn't I'm going to give them two their... lovers floating around in the sky like lovebirds, yep. like because yep. that's the absolute fuck you. And if I just look at it from an aerial view, like just from that, I absolutely love it. And you want to like, know something, too? Like, that's a great it. place to leave these characters. Like, I was yeah, super yeah. when I saw Just that at the very the end. Yeah. yeah. Like, I had problems. But when I saw that at the very end and I thought, oh, this kind of feels a little it does feel a little final to me. I have no idea whether we're going to make a sequel or not. But I was going, this is a great this is I thought in my head, I asked myself this question. I said, is this a better place to leave these films than what happens at the end of Matrix Revolutions? A hundred thousand percent. Yes. Mm-hmm. Just having them fly like birds off into the sky, great. But it also, That's you cool. know what? I think it uses that time lapse. I think it uses the 18 years. Like, Revolutions ends where it does, and I don't hate the end of Revolutions, but this used the 18 years, and it feels right for the 18 years. Like You know what it is about mattered, the end of Revolutions? Right? Yes, and you know what, I know yeah. what the, you know what it is? Uh, we didn't, I have to say this one last thing. We, uh, tell me if you agree with this. It's not that, and I, you know, I was trying to put a finger on. It's like you know when you're sleeping on a bed and it's really uncomfortable, and you're not sure why it's uncomfortable. I, you know what it is? It's there's. I feel no catharsis and no satisfaction from the end 
of revolutions. And it's not even about what it does. It's just more about how it makes me feel. I get to the end of revolutions and I'm just kind of like, I shrug my shoulders and go like all it of has, this for that. It like, has it just, all, it has all the warmth of a, of a college one-on-one philosophy class. <laughs> it really does. It's just that that's what those sequels are. They don't have any warmth. They were trying to do something other than, right. You know, hold us with in their arms anymore. As they a point, say, he will come and save you. They're like, eh, he's going to kill himself. And there's kind of a lot of matrices. Right. And whatever. <laughs> and then as opposed yeah. as opposed to the original Matrix, where I almost get like well up with tears at the end when when with between between Morpheus's belief in un, unwielding faith in Neo and when Trinity says, like, you have to be the one because I fell in love with you. And then to see him see the matrix and truly embrace who he really is. It's like the most beautiful thing. It's so beautiful. It's so, it, it, it makes you well up with emotion because you, you're, 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 you trivially, you trivial, you triple trivially cannot imagine. Wait, so he's the one. So how does the one work? And what are the powers of the one? It doesn't he, matter. At yeah. that point, at the end of the matrix, I, without the sequels, as it stops there, I always just assumed he's God he fixes everything right so yeah yeah it doesn't matter he, he it does they can't even touch him anymore and then it's not true which sucks because like you like you said i am not one of those people that can just go well the sequels never happened i have to reckon with them even if i hate them we have to reconcile i them. have to reconcile just like scream Indi 4. Indi 4 is just actually, like scream 4 <laughs> indiana jones save those crystal skulls and there's nothing i can do i about love it. that movie i have you no can love it sir we will have just not fire ants about it. fire ants i love those fire regardless ants. when you hate i i <laughs> i simultaneously believe when i hate a sequel it still happened just like in life yeah. i have years of my life that i might want to forget <laughs> but they happen so whenever yes. when, whenever whenever like great uh, point whenever a franchise respects sequels like that, I always respect it. The MCU, I, the MCU has never once run away from Ultron. In fact, Ultron became a pivotal movie in their entire franchise, and it's one of the most hated. And I'm always like, you know what? I that, liked Ultron. I never I, had I a problem Ultron, with it. But you know how people responded to that movie. Of, yeah, what I'm people saying were not is, happy. Like, like, if you don't do that, you end up with something kind of like Terminator. The Terminator franchise is a nightmare of retcons that doesn't make any sense, and it's kind of I, terrible. And it makes me really mad. It makes me mad. Way. Like so mad. Like, look, if, if sequels happen, they happen. They happen. The life of those characters happen. You got to deal with right. it. Deal yeah. with it. Deal with it. If you put, if you shot Niobe, that, okay. If you shot that shit, and yeah. then it fucking exists. And it same exists. thing. Yeah. Fucking Halloween. You don't you, even get me started. Right. You criminals. Exactly. You criminals. <laughs> yeah. This reckoning bullshit. I understand, and I, it annoys me that everyone's so okay with it. I'm like, no, no, no. It's like a oh, book series. People fuck. Like it's like religion to accept this. Like I can't get over it. When, when, like, there's uh, no when, uh, resistance. There's Neil, no resistance. Who's the guy who directed District Nine? Which I love. District Nine. What's his uh, name? Neil Blogan. Blogan. Blomkamp. Who I like. Yes, I love. Uh, I like yeah, he's awesome. Yeah. But when he was going to do the remake or uh, do the RoboCop sequel, but it was going to retcon two and three, I was like, BS. How dare you? Even like, I don't part even, three. I, I don't even, even part like three. part three that much. But I'm like, no, it happened. It was in there. It happened. Yeah, part three, that's what it. I mean. Part yeah. Everybody hates part three, but part three <laughs> happened. Okay. Yeah, it happened. He's drinking it. with it. He had a jetpack and he fought. Yes. He fought an, uh, a an ninja evil. robot. Yeah. And he fought an evil one. Yes. It he just, had a he had a gun on his arm for a little yep. bit. 
It yep. all happened, and you got to yep. deal there with There was it. a little girl. There was a little girl. Yeah. Can't deny it. All right, I we got to end this. Yeah, yeah. Go. It's never yeah. going to stop. I want to thank Bob so much. I love having thank Bob you. on my channel. Thank it's you. it's we, we always have endless fun. Bob, we'll think of the next thing that uh, next time something comes up, maybe we could do uh, Boba Fett or something, uh, the book of Whatever, Boba Fett. Yeah. Who knows? We'll, we'll, we'll figure something it's out. It's your show. You just tell me when to show up. It, that's right. I, yeah. I tell Bob. Bob doesn't get paid, but I just tell Bob to show up and give me his time, and he does it because that's what he has to do. But um, Bob is – Bob is uh he's got a Thunder Grunt podcast empire himself. He does uh he does it is it's an empire and he makes the most talk about bombastic. He makes the craziest shorts you ever saw. I mean, just absolute, absolute banana bonkers wonderfulness. So check out uh Bob. We'll 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 add links to the description below. Subscribe to Bob and also um God, what's the name of the the, the writing podcast? Uh so you just look up Thunder Grunt as a podcast. Thunder Grunt okay. as a podcast, and I have shows that are on that feed. So yeah, uh the, the movie show you're talking about is Writer's Blockbuster. That's the big one. People That's, love that one. People love that one. I do my co-host is Jamie Nash, who actually just wrote an official save the cat book. And the amazing Jimmy George. Jimmy George. He, he is the co-writer of WNUF Halloween yep. and Call Girl Cthulhu. Um, and he's a script consultant. So those guys are geniuses. I am the everyman on that, that podcast, and I'm proud to be the everyman. The guy who watched too many movies but has no clue what the, all the terms are. So, yeah, listen to that if you want to hear me talk. Thunderground, people. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll link yeah. it. I will link it. Thank you okay. so much, Bob. We have a wonderful yeah. way of closing out. We say peace. And hair grease and Bob, what I'm going to do is I'm going to play my Patreon video, but I'm not, I know you got to go. I'm not going to, we're not going to, usually I say goodbye to my guest afterwards. I'm just going to say goodbye to you now. Okay. And yeah. then I'm just going to end this thing. So goodbye, Bob. Goodbye, Thanks everybody. Me, Patreon. Hey guys, what's going on? It's Jeff. So I've decided to make a Patreon. What is Patreon? I don't know how to define a Patreon. Let me look it up. Patreon is a membership platform that makes it very easy for creators to get paid for the things that they're already creating. I want to do it full-time. I want this to be my full-time job. In my efforts to make that happen, I've set up this platform. Is it going to work? Is it gonna be successful? I don't know, but I would rather try and crash and burn than not try at all. The goal is to create enough passive revenue so that I can continue to do this full-time, uninterrupted. Why? Because I love to do this. I love creating content. I love making videos. I love shooting films. I love doing podcasts. In case you couldn't tell, I love to talk and I never shut the fuck up. <laughs> so right now I've kept the Patreon incredibly simple. There's two tiers and that may change in the future. The Murdergram is a simple way to extend support for all of the hours and hours of free content on the channel for nothing more than a dollar. 38 cents goes to Patreon. What's a buck 38, eh? It's less than a cup of coffee, but it's a great way that you can show support for very little effort. When you divide that dollar 38 by the hours and hours and hours of time spent listening to this endless drivel of content, the dollar cost average works out. Next up is the YouTube casualty for $6.66. The YouTube casualty is loaded to the gills. Enjoy the archive ad-free as well as ad-free early access to special docu-style podcast videos, music reaction commentaries, and the like a month before they drop on YouTube, loaded with ads, I might add. You're also going to get exclusive content and behind-the-scenes content that is not available on YouTube or anywhere else. 
So you get to peek behind the veil. And believe me, there's a couple of choice pieces. Most of all, more than anything, whether you join the Patreon or not, I just want to thank each and every one of you that comes to the channel, that watches all the shows, that leaves comments, that participates, that subscribes. That's really the most important thing. This is just trying to find a way to earn a living as an artist. And with that, thank you for my TED Talk. Join the Patreon, because we need you! 66 cents.